Hello, my awesome friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. As always, hope you're doing and having an absolutely blessed day today. Dad is in the middle of doing some travel arrangements, so he will be on the show here in the next couple minutes. And I want to give you guys a reminder to be sure to check out the product of the week the Magnesium Brain Food on the website at healthmasters.com. If you guys need anything, a lot of products on sale. Magnesium Brain Food will be on sale for one more day as product of the week if you want to grab it. Also, be sure to vote for what you want to see win tomorrow. It looks like the liver support, the cortisol buster, and the superfood complete are all bouncing back and forth between votes right now that I'm looking at. So uh, be sure to check that out. And also check out the Vitamin C X. Excellency formula on sale for this week and uh, grab any of that at 30% off if you want to grab that. Uh, great, great product. Really increases the natural immune system. Great for production of collagen. Incredibly good product. Yes, we talked about vitamin C for years and years. So be sure to check it out on the website. And one of the first things that I wanted to bring up this morning here is I, I saw this and it's been kind of troubling to me because I started to have a conversation with Steve about it last week when we actually heard that they were going to probably sign this. And it appears today that the um, the bumbling buffoon in the White House, I guess he's got more pudding or ice cream coming in to incentivize him to sign this Respect for Marriage Act. And, and essentially, if you guys know anything about this, what it does is it repeals the Defense of Marriage Act and it enacts the Respect for Marriage Act, which sounds all great and fantastic, except it's not. It actually goes in and requires the U.S. federal government to recognize the validity of same-sex marriage. And essentially now this is going to be a state versus fed big debacle because as you guys know, the states have always kind of had their – own uh, basically had they've had their own autonomy to kind of do what they want with this in most cases and it's gone back and forth there's always been conflicts in certain states there's been lawsuits we saw it with the bakery and so forth and so it's been something that's it's been kind of debacle well the problem is with this respect for marriage act now it's not a debacle anymore it's federal law which means if a state comes in and tries to say that they are not going to marry somebody, and this is the problem that's going to happen. I'm letting you know this right now, so I'm giving everybody a heads up. With churches, with 501c3 corporations, I've talked to multiple people that have been involved in this thing now as far as that have been trying to fight against it. The biggest issue that we're going to run into now is you're now going to have the ability under federal law if a – gay couple or a tranny couple, which I'm not really sure how that works. I guess they're still gay or straight. I don't know. But they come into a church and they say, listen, we want to have our marriage here. And, you know, say it's a Southern Baptist church. And the pastor goes, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to marry you here. I can decline that. And they can say, wait, hold on a second. You may not have read the entire Respect for Marriage Act. You cannot decline this under federal law. And what it's going to do is it is going to allow the hardcore gay community to come in now if they want to and start targeting churches for massive federal lawsuits and it is going to literally tie them up at enormous, enormous cash flow crunches. And what it will more than likely do, if they still decline to do it, it will have their 501c3 corporation completely revoked. The 501c3 corporation has been a double-edged sword for the churches. It has allowed you know people to continue to donate and tithe and give all types of gifts 
but churches and the churches are exempt from any and all taxes, which quite frankly, that's how it should be for everyone. The entire aspect of federal income tax is completely and totally illegal in my opinion. Congress was bought and paid for, which is why they put that into place after the Federal Reserve got enacted in 1913. That's a completely different story for another day. But what this will happen is now these churches, if they lose their 501c3 corporation, they'll effectively become – most of them will become flat in the water as far as if they want to actually increase giving because people now are not going to – it's not going to tax deductible. You know, you donate $1,000 to the church. Well, you've got to pay taxes on that $1,000, which means you know, depending on how much money you made, you probably had to make $1,300, $1,400 to pay that $1,000. And it's going to be a giant issue, and I think this is exactly the play that they're getting to run for this because, quite frankly, there's no legitimate reason in the midst of everything else that's going on right now to push this bill forward. I think they introduced it in July of this year, and the fact that they're ramrodding it through now and there's been no legitimate reason to do it, I think this is the play that they're going to start going after. I think they're going to start going after the church's hardcore next year, and essentially all it's going to take is a few thousand hardcore leftist communist homosexuals start going to churches and filing requests for marriage at all these different churches that they know are not going to want to do it. And it's going to cause a domino effect all across the country with federal lawsuits. So this is a big deal. This is absolutely atrocious to me that the federal reserve, the, the federal government with Biden is getting involved in this right now. When I mean, there are thousand other things that we could be handling right now to try to make America greater. This is, of course, their main priority, which is, again, all about declining the entire moral compass of the United States. And I mean, to make it even more insulting, the Biden administration is inviting a full-blown drag queen dancer to come to the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act. And this is one of those drag queens that has performed for children and has gone to libraries and has performed at other various shows around the country and is basically a professional tranny. But he's getting invited to the White House for the signing of this, which just solidifies the insult to the entire American populace on why they're actually doing this. And it's not to protect anyone because there's already gay marriage has already been long about gone on. So this is what they're doing here. This is the reason why they're doing it. I'm letting you know firsthand. Be aware of it. Be prepared for it if you're involved in churches and understand what's probably going to start happening next year. On top of that, to make it even more even more strange, you now have the uh, dictionary. Where you guys saw, if you remember, the uh, I think it was the Merriam Dictionary um, last uh, September came in and started to redefine the definition of a woman. Well, the Cambridge Dictionary is appearing to have followed the Merriam-Webster down the rabbit hole into the woke oblivion by by now changing the definition of woman to appease the hardcore training radicals that only make up a tiny, minute portion of the population. They went on to say here, the definition for a woman now includes the following as subset of the actual definition, an adult who lives and identifies as a female, though they have said to have been a different sex at birth. That's that's Cambridge's definition of a woman now. The adult who lives and identifies as a female, though they have been said to have a different sex at birth. That's what the dictionary now says. And, I mean, you can't get much more insulting than that to especially real, true women, you know, females, biological women. Uh, that's just – this whole thing has become such a circus show. And the sad part about it is – 
I have found that a lot of times I bring this topic up to people and people are becoming very starting to become very um, standoffish of this topic when I've been out in place and I bring this this topic up, just certain topics of this and elements of it. People they get kind of you tell their whole demeanor, they kinda of get real hush hush. They kinda of start looking around like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's bringing this up in public. And I'm sitting there going, what is your concern about having an open dialogue on a topic that's controversial? Why is everybody so nervous that I make the comment about this? Is it a topic that now suddenly, because they make up, I think, 0.1% or 0.5% or 1% now of the population in the United States, suddenly they're going to start following the lines of complete and total just suppression of any speech about this specific group of individuals because they're off limits to talk about? And, you know, Dave Chappelle, as much I don't care for a lot of his language and a lot of stuff he talks about, he brought this up in one of his comedy speeches, uh, I think six or eight months back, one of his things he did. I want you to excerpt on, on, on online because a lot of stuff I didn't really care to watch his language is very horrible. But he brought it up and he goes, why is it that I can make jokes just about any sort of, you know, gender, so to speak, but suddenly if I make a comment about the T's, all of a sudden, it's like complete and total hell breaks loose, and everybody comes at me and says, you're not allowed to talk about them. He goes, when did they become like a protected species? Like there's some type of you know, protected animal out in the wild that you can only look at with binoculars, and you can't even say anything or look at them or touch them or do anything. And he's making a joke about it, and he's blatantly insulting them, and he's 100% accurate on it, quite frankly, because what happens now when you start having groups that – can literally go out and say whatever they want, be as perverse as they want, go out and get in full-blown drag outfits and expose themselves to children at libraries, but you cannot say anything about their behavior? Well, again, it shows you the agenda that they're trying to push behind the scenes because now at the exact same time, this is going to get some people mad. I'm going to bring this topic up right now because, again, I find it very invasive to free speech. The White House now has formally announced they will be building an interagency task force to counter anti-Semitism following Yee's firestorm against Jewish media. We're just bringing this up. This is what this is what the White House just brought out yesterday. They said the president is establishing an interagency task force led by domestic policy council staff and national security council staff to increase and better coordinate U.S. government efforts to counter anti-Semitism and related forms of bias and discrimination within the United States. And I'm just kind of bringing up this topic. Well, I mean, why doesn't, why don't we have a interagency task force to help out with anti-Christian rhetoric or Asian hate or any of these other topics you could bring up? Why all of a sudden is it now the top priority of the U S government to build an interagency task force with domestic policy council staff and national security council staff to combat anti-Semitism? Just bringing that comment. I'm just asking a question to everybody. Is it, is it now, now it's the government's you know prerogative to start building an interagency task force. I mean, where's that going to go? We're going to start bringing the DHS and FBI into groups now. That's what they mean, the interagency task force. They bring multiple aspects of different agencies together in order to work on countering misinformation or countering anti-Semitism, as it says right here. They're going to start going in now and showing up at your house if you make a comment on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram that they find to be anti-Semitic. Is that where we're going with this now? I don't know, but I find it funny that 
that's the only thing the uh, White House is concerned about protecting. That and transgenders. It's not concerned about Christians. Not concerned about anybody else. Thought I'd throw that out there. And at the same time, <laughs> you now have the aspect of the Pentagon now greenlighting Ukraine to start using drone strikes in Russia, essentially. They're greenlighted it, but they're not officially greenlighted it. They're telling them that, well, we're not telling you to do drone strikes in Russia, but we're telling you we can't tell you what you can and can't do with all the Reaper drones we've given you with Tomahawk missiles on them and all kinds of other payloads. So we're not saying to go do it, but we're not telling you you can't go do it. So now you're going to have Ukraine with some of the most advanced drone systems, which we have given them thousands now, by the way, thousands of drone systems in Ukraine. They're going to start running U.S.-made, Pentagon-funded drones in Russia to start attacking Russian sites. I don't know how all that's going to go. It doesn't sound very pleasant to me. I feel like it's very strange that we've had a conflict with Ukraine and Russia. Excuse me. They have had a conflict with one another all the way back formally to 2014. It's gone back further than that. There's always been conflict in that even after the USSR. But 2014, you had the you know official conflict start. You can read about it online. And it's interesting, this has been going on now, but suddenly it's the prerogative of the United States to dump literally tens of billions of dollars in military weapon platforms into Ukraine because, well, you know, we've got to support Ukraine now because it's, it's the new thing to do in 2022. Well, I mean, what about supporting the Christian values that this country was built on? Hmm? Just, what's that about? I mean, we, is that something we're no longer interested in? Obviously not. But again, this is why I bring comments up and I bring topics up because an open platform, an open free speech platform is essential. Some people are going to say some really stupid stuff sometimes. To be honest with you, I mean, Kanye West said some really dumb stuff. There's other people I know that said some really dumb stuff. But on the other hand, they've also said some very interesting things that make you question things and they make you think. And isn't that the whole point of the First Amendment? Being able to throw ideas, topics, conversations out there. With people and say, what do you think about this? You know, I'm, I'm seeing this happening right now. Why do you think this is happening? Why do you think they're going in now and putting an interagency task force to combat and counter anti-Semitism, but yet they're blatantly disrespecting everything the United States was built on with Christianity? Well, we can come to your conclusion on that and figure out this country is not run by Christians anymore, and that's pretty clear. Then at the same time, you see the World Economic Forum. They just did a big article in Fox Business. Somebody sent me a link this beginning of this week that the World Economic Forum is calling to reduce private vehicles by eliminating ownership. And I quote the word ownership. And it's interesting to me because I've talked to a buddy of mine that's really big in the auto industry, especially in European cars the other day. And he said, Austin, have you seen this stuff with Tesla and what they have done as far as with like upgrades and you know software stuff and like so-called tuning and making the cars faster and you can just download it right to you know right to the Tesla? And I was like, yeah, I have seen that. I said I don't, I don't really follow much with a lot of that inter stuff, you know, as far as detail stuff to those vehicles. I don't care for them. But what about it? He's like, well. What they've done now, Tesla has found that you can pretty much build all the cars exactly the same for the most part. Extreme, obviously, some of them have different battery systems, but for the most part, that's why Tesla's all look the same. It's all blah. It's like a giant blah running around. They use, half of them use all the same parts. And he goes, if you want to upgrade your speed or you want to upgrade an option or upgrade some type of software, he goes, you just pay a fee to Tesla, and it just drops it right in. I said, that's interesting. I've heard some stuff about that. And he goes, Mercedes and BMW are talking about the same thing now. 
you know, if you want to have heated seats, if you want to have different options on your car, um, especially these newer ones that are becoming hybrid and electric, he goes, most of the cars are all going to be built with the same options, and you have to pay a subscription. So if you want to have heated seats, you got to pay an extra $15 a month. you got to have this extra subscription on there. And I said, well, doesn't it seem strange they're going to reach a point where if they start doing that, the cost effectiveness of having a lot of options is going to be very difficult to maintain financially. I mean, if you go buy the car, you'll buy a nice BMW and your payment's eight, $900 a month on it. And now all of a sudden you're spending, you know, hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars $300 in subscriptions to basically try to operate the vehicle. It's going to be very cost prohibitive. I mean, that's, that's going to be very difficult to do. And he goes, well, yeah, let's think about where it's going to go next. And I said, it's going to go with you not owning the car. You're basically going to rent the car. You're never even going to own it or lease it. You're essentially just going to pay a monthly subscription fee to own the vehicle, and when you're done with it, you turn it back in after three months, six months, 12 months, whatever the contract of renting is. That's exactly right. They don't want anybody owning their own vehicle. They don't want anybody being able to operate their own vehicle. So then they can come in and say, oh, you violated the terms and conditions of your rental agreement for your six-month contract with your BMW because you have said something inside your vehicle that is anti-Semitic or it is hateful, or we consider hate speech, and you didn't bother to read the 80-page document when you signed it, when you took the rental agreement for the sixth month of your vehicle, and uh, you're not allowed to say anything in your vehicle. It's hate speech, so your vehicle has now been disabled. You will no longer be able to drive it for 48 hours, and until you basically retract your statement, uh, your vehicle will no longer operate, and we'll send somebody from BMW to load it up and pick it up, or Tesla, or Mercedes, whatever. I'm not picking on anybody specific. That's exactly where they want to head it. And now the World Economic Forum calling to reduce private vehicles by eliminating ownership, that confirms exactly what we were thinking about with this. They don't want anybody actually owning their own vehicle. Because say you buy your own vehicle, say you pay cash for it, you go buy a nice, you know, older pickup truck that you can actually operate without a bunch of electronics on it. You go buy an old like seven three Ford. Well, you just gotta basically pay the registration on it and basic insurance, which can be super cheap. Registration insurance, you drive the vehicle anywhere you want. You owe nobody nothing. They can't shut it off. There's not a lot of not a lot of electronics on those things. You can go throw a you know, two, three hundred gallon fuel cell in the bed of it, fill it up with diesel. You can drive cross country. You only have to stop. You get automatic transfer tank pumps on it. You can just, just go right in your main tank. Train automatic transfer. Drive anywhere you want. Well, they don't want that, guys. They don't want people being able to travel freely unmolested on your way. They want to be able to control and monitor every single thing you do. I told you I drove that F one hundred fifty lightning the other day. They had doggone double cameras facing you, facing you. I mean, both sides of the steering wheel. I mean, blatantly cameras looking at you the whole time. And I'm like, this is creepy. First thing I do with that, I put a big old thing of Gorilla Tape right on top of that. He ain't looking at me the whole time while I'm driving. That's just creepy. He goes, well, it's you have to be able to have that so you can use the automated option on it, you know, the, the autopilot option. Well, I don't care about using an autopilot option. I definitely don't like anybody watching me while I drive. That's just creepy, dude. It was a little big brother on steroids in your car. That's where it's headed, though. That's why the World Economic Forum is wanting to eliminate car ownership. That is why they're constantly telling you at the same time, you don't need to be driving anywhere. You need to pay more carbon taxes while they go back and forth to separate continents on a weekly basis and their massive private jets that burn a significant amount of fuel. And they'll probably have you know, 10, 20, 30 people on these jets. I mean, as far as cost effectiveness from flying this many people or that few people back and forth to continents and those giant fuel hogs, there's no cost effectiveness with that. Burn enormous amounts of fuel up there. But hey, 
that's fine. We can do that and we can have our 800 foot yachts, but you really shouldn't be able to own Honda Civic. You need to be able to just, you know, kind of rent it, have a rental agreement for six months. And then that way, when you're done with it, you give it back and somebody else can rent it. Remember what they talked about with the smart houses a couple of years back, how they talked about that nobody's going to own the house. You're going to kind of rent the house when you need the house in your little 200 square foot apartment. That's where they go with the concept that Klaus Schwab says you will own nothing and you will like it. They want nobody to have pride in ownership because remember, when you have pride in ownership of something, something you own, something you take care of, something that's yours, you have that confidence saying, dude, I own this. This is mine. I've worked for this. I've struggled for this. I've set goals for this. They don't want anybody to have that. They want everybody to be mindless drone workers that are completely and totally enthralled in the world's sadistic behavior where there are no morals or ethics. So it's literally just a free-for-all with nothing, and then that way you can get every thought of every man is evil all the time. How do you think it got that way? It didn't get that way from everybody walking around having prayer groups and everybody building and working together. It came that way from perversion being brought in and taught to them. Essentially by the fallen angels. That's where they came and brought all that stuff into them. So where everything everybody thought was evil all the time. I told you before, this whole thing we're constantly seeing with Tesla now. Or not with Tesla, with Elon Musk, with Twitter. You know, he's brought a lot of stuff out from the internals of Twitter that has exposed Twitter. But I don't trust him very far at all. Because quite frankly, remember, he's the same owner of Neuralink. He's the same one that has built and is building and currently testing implantable chip that you can tie your brain in with the computer system, which means you can have an AI system that is run by your brain. And it goes both ways, guys. Think about it. All the information they gather on Twitter, everything they gather on these social media platforms, you run a Neuralink, it goes both ways. You can transmit things to a computer system, but it also can transmit things to your brain. You essentially have this tie-in with the computer and the AI which means they can start transmitting certain things into your brain that you may not even know are being transmitted into your brain. The Neuralink is a very, very creepy platform that they're working on, and Elon Musk is very proud of it. And so the fact that you see him talking about how free speech and Twitter and this and that, that's good, great, wonderful. Release some stuff, let the populace know about it. But at the same time now, I've seen the exact same behavior now from a lot of the Christian people coming out and saying, oh, he's going he's gonna to save America now. He's going to be a champion for free speech. He's going to do all this stuff. And I'm like, well, what they put out on Twitter, take it, look at it, adjust with it, you know, talk about it. But don't be sitting there thinking this guy's 100% for the people, by the people, because there's no reason for any other place that he'd be building Neuralink systems unless they were planning on tying humans in the computers. Just my personal thought on that. So you guys, you guys come to your own determination. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting as well. The Biden's DHS have now begun arresting fewer illegal aliens than ever before to prep for the massive immigration surge as Title 42 ends. This is something that is very troubling because, as we know, there's been a massive problem at the southern border, and it has, it has spilled over to the rest of the entire country. Joe Biden's DHS, they said, is reportedly instructing agents to arrest fewer illegals to prepare for the massive surge of illegals coming in as Title 42 public health authorities set to end in days. According to an exclusive report, top DHS officials have told agents to focus on arresting only illegal aliens with Class A felony convictions. Class A felony. That's like these guys have been involved in murder and all kinds of other stuff. I mean, they're like top tier criminals. Those are the only ones to focus on. <laughs> they said the goal, according to ICE agents, 
is to free up detention space for a massive surge of illegal immigration as expected when the CDC's Prevention Title 42 authority ends in days. They said some ICE officers have been told to cut down arrests on even serious criminals to free up detention bed space. And we're being told to abandon detention of anyone without a Class A felony like murder in preparation for border flights to be transferred outside of the border. Remember DeSantis has called this out repeatedly, and so have I. What's been happening down here in Florida and the reason why we're still seeing this massive growth and population rate going up and there's still houses being built everywhere and they're still being sold and filled while you look at Zillow and the prices are dropping, while you look at other places all across where there's you know homeowners, actual homeowners are trying to sell and houses are being stagnant now even with constant price drops. Yet I'm personally watching all around central Florida subdivisions being filled up at a rapid pace. As far as being built, and there's not a house that's empty. You go in these subdivisions that just popped up over the last three to six months, and they're completely full. They're completely full. They have nothing. There's literally nothing. I mean, every single house is full. But I'm going, buying these, you know, cracker box houses. They're like three, four bedrooms, but they're like 1,400 square feet. I mean, some of them have like six foot setbacks from one another. I'm just stamp, cookie cutter, stamp, 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 stamp. And you go online, you try to find their list of like $400,000. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Yet you go to a subdivision down the road that's for sale by owner, which is a much nicer house on a much bigger lot. And it's listed for three eighty, dollars and it can't get any bites, and they keep dropping the price. I'm like, this, does, this doesn't make sense from an economic standpoint. I've watched the housing market. I've been in the housing market. I've continually monitoring it. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And then you go into these subdivisions that are being popped up like this, and the vast majority of everybody in the neighborhood is usually Hispanic or from like South America, which I don't have an issue if people are wanting to move to places and do different stuff. The problem that I have is none of them speak English. Nobody knows where any of them are coming from, and nobody knows how they're affording four hundred plus thousand dollar houses right now when interest rates are seven and eight percent. That's a thirty two hundred dollar month mortgage. Where are they coming up with that kind of cash if they can't even speak English and they never go anywhere and they never leave their house? They're always home all the time. They're taking over all the swimming pools and all the stuff that's going on in the common areas of these subdivisions. Well, from a lot of the research that I've been hearing, because remember. All these big contractors that work with these big developers, almost all these developers, their main, their main, their main people, their main investors are BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. That's why they have said now BlackRock has one of the highest homeowners as far as mortgages profiles on any type of investment firm. They own like more real estate than anyone in the entire country. The reason why? They're buying up these houses. And in my opinion, they're doing certain types of backdoor deals with certain type of funding through federal government grants and aids in order to house these individuals. That's why they don't care about stopping the projects. That's why none of the subdivisions have slowed down around here. That's why they're still popping them up even while you see other houses that are much nicer dropping in price and they're still not selling. This is what they're planning on doing. You flood the areas that are extremely Republican. You fill them up with people that are, have no interest in voting for Republican because you keep telling them, you vote Democrat, here's your ballot. We'll keep giving you your free housing. We'll keep giving you your free welfare and your free money, and um, you do what you got to do with it. I mean there's a, it takes a lot of time to burn through you know $2.2 trillion for the Pentagon. But when they start running this stuff through black ops and they run it through all these black book things, they have to, don't have to tell anybody about it. 
dude, that's you can do a lot of stuff. And it doesn't always have to be weapon systems. They can move money all around the world. Two point two trillion dollars. You can pretty much do anything you want to do. And hence why you see them doing anything they want to do right now with no oversight whatsoever. That's why I've continued to tell people, call stuff out and bring topics up when you see them. And this with ICE is quite disturbing to me, and we're going to see what's going to happen over the next next couple months with this. Also, to another news speaking, one of the reasons why I think we've seen such few, <laughs> such few control over the massive crime wave in Chicago. And this is an article that came up with uh, written by Danielle with Tactical News. And it was interesting because I saw it is a man. His name was Kamari Pleasant. He was up in Chicago and he fires a machine pistol, fully automatic Glock, obviously blatantly illegal at law enforcement. 19 days after being let out on probation for felony weapons charge conviction. Okay, so this guy just got released back out of jail on felony weapons possession. On, he's on probation right now. He's being pursued by Chicago PD officers. He's they're trying to basically stop him, and he pulls out a full-auto Glock and dumps the entire mag at the officers, the full burst. I mean, sprays at him. Completely sprays at him. <laughs> Somehow he doesn't get killed. I guess he runs out of ammo and surrenders. They arrest him. He was charged with 27 counts of attempted murder with 10 other felonies ranging from felon with a gun, possession of a stolen gun, possession of a machine gun, uh, multiple counts of shooting at law enforcement. He plea bargained all of it down. They came in now, and he cut a deal with the prosecutors. They dropped all 27 counts of attempted murder, almost all main felonies. He pleaded guilty to one felony of aggravated discharge of a firearm towards law enforcement. He was sentenced to 12 years, and he will be able to be paroled out in six if he has good behavior. Now think about what I just said for a second. You have a convicted felon out on parole in possession of a fully modified automatic Glock, which is blatantly illegal, and fires at law enforcement while he's fleeing and eluding and gets hit with literally almost 30 felonies. And he plea bargains down and gets 12 years and gets out in six if he has good, good behavior. When right now you've seen incidences where people have been involved with ATF in a sting operation. They get caught you know, with possession of a silencer or suppressor or they get caught with you know, possession of a machine gun. And don't do anything with it. They just admit and they run their mouth and they admit stuff they shouldn't admitting to. And all of a sudden ATF's like, we'll plea bargain it down and we'll drop it down and we'll only do it for three years in prison, five years in prison. And just like they did up in St. Cloud. You guys remember I brought that up. The guy was a traffic controller. He put a brace or a stock on a pistol which had a brace on it. He swapped it out, which allegedly ATF considered that to be now a short-barreled rifle. And he had a FBI informant come over to his house, which I have no idea why he even agreed to have somebody come over he didn't know well, and start showing them how he put this stock on him. And this kid is a non-felon, non-felon at all, never been in trouble, never been arrested. This FBI agent who's trying to – this FBI informant who's trying to get his deal reduced because he's an illegal alien. He's going to be getting deported. ATF uses him as an informant. He comes in and takes videos of the guy talking about his – pistol that he has with a brace on it and essentially comes in um comes in and says hey 
uh, this is this is what I did. I put a stock on this pistol. I can show you how to do it too. Oh, ATF shows up. He admits to everything, which is the stupidest thing you can do. He gives them the gun, which is the stupidest thing you can do, admits to everything. And they end up he ends up plea bargains down and gets three years in a federal penitentiary now and will be a convicted felon the rest of his life because he literally took a brace, which was just like a stock, and swapped it out with a stock and admitted to it. That was ATF's big, oh, yeah, we, we got one. We found one in St. Cloud. Yet they get a guy up in Chicago discharging a fully automatic Glock at law enforcement, and he doesn't get 25 years. He doesn't get life. He gets nothing. It's 12 years and six years he's out on parole in Chicago. This is why the absolute epidemic of crime has gotten so horrific in these cities like L.A. and Chicago. These guys know that they really have no ramifications. I mean if it's to the point now where you can go modify weapons and turn them into machine guns and you can go shoot at law enforcement officers while you're out on parole of felony weapons charges and you're going to be out in six years again on parole – I mean, these guys are blatant criminals. This is ties back into the exact concept I have said before. Criminals don't follow gun laws, hence the very term criminal. They do not follow the rule of law. Coming in and saying all law-abiding citizens should not even be able to own semi-automatic rifles. It's abhorrent that anybody owns a semi-automatic rifle. Nobody should own one. Well, guess what? You may think that it's abhorrent for a law-abiding citizen to be able to defend himself, but when you have criminals and guys that are directly tied to massive gangs in Chicago that are running around with automatic Glock pistols, yeah, we probably might need some actual firepower because obviously law enforcement isn't going to do anything about it. I've said that repeatedly. ATF wants to come around and try to do sting operations on somebody that puts a brace on a pistol down here in St. Cloud. Stock on a pistol. Why don't they? Why don't they have a massive task force of ATF up there? Since clearly they have problems with felons building machine pistols up there. There's clearly an issue going on right now. Oh well, that's that means they actually have to do something, wouldn't it? That means they actually have to get involved and probably get in gunfights. Well, that's not fun. They they'd much rather enjoy shooting at dogs and basically go showing up to people's compounds out in the middle of nowhere that are doing nothing illegal and basically getting in gunfights with them and then having the FBI come in and burn the entire compound to the ground, killing seventy six women and children. No, that's right. That's that was that was Waco. You know, we're not allowed to talk about that. This is where you see tyranny fully envelop a country when you start seeing the criminals that are true hard criminals get minimal. But yet you see most law-abiding citizens that really haven't been involved in much of anything illicit being not only locked up for an extended period of time, a lot of times being killed. Just something to think about there. Also, to another news, this is interesting. I was looking at some more uh, involvement with what you're seeing now with the interagency task forces and what you're starting to see with DHS and their suppression of free speech. And it's interesting to me that all this stuff, if you've noticed, it's all been coming out at the same time. I don't think it's all – it's coincidence whatsoever. With the stuff you see from Twitter, with the stuff you see from Kanye West, with the stuff you see from all the social media platforms, all this stuff is coming to a conclusion. I think next year is going to be a very strange time where you're going to start seeing a very, very hardcore push 
to control what people can say, what people can do, what they can look at, and essentially start rolling into the Chinese operating system, the Communist Party, if if people don't become more vocal. I mean, where are the main Minco that actually go out and say what they think? Like I said before, I've found it very strange. A lot of times when I'm out, I bring up comments, and I'll, I'll use the term, you know, tranny or transgender. And all of a sudden, people look at me. I can feel those. They look at me like, oh, my gosh, what's Austin going to say now? And I'm like, dude, they're cross-dressers. This wasn't anything abnormal as far as to talk about before. It was just a perverted thing that a lot of weirdo guys were involved in. We had the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think that was back in the 80s. It was a super weirdo film. Some weird guys are into it, except – it was never okay or acceptable to have children exposed to this, and it was never normalized to have children accepted and start engaged in it. That's where the line got blatantly crossed over the last couple of years. It's completely and totally changed the dynamics of what people want to do in the privacy of their own home or an adult club and what they're now trying to do in exposing young children to complete and total perversion without even people questioning it anymore. And this is what they've done, my friends, and listen to me very carefully on this. When they make people self-censor, even naturally, when they make people come in and start no longer talking about things they think of that are bad, when people are afraid to make a comment out in public, when people are concerned to have any type of questioning of the narrative, they are allowed – these people are essentially allowed – by your own voluntary consent of silence, they are allowed to keep pushing their agenda because you're no longer opposing it. You're no longer standing up and saying, I'm not really okay with this. This isn't okay. My children don't need to be exposed to this. You're giving them consent at that point by silence. You're giving them consent by silence. Okay, we're going to do this to your kids. We're going to show this to your kids. We're going to basically indoctrinate your kids. And all the parents are go, oh, man, I don't want to get, I don't want to get anybody upset. I don't want to make anybody offended. I don't want to have any blowback. I don't want to do any of that, so I'll just, I'll just be quiet. That's exactly what's happening. That's why I've been so proud of some of these videos and some of these school board meetings that parents have been coming in. And I mean it sincerely. When you get an option to vote these people out, do the best you possibly can. We got about a 50-50 flip as far as we're able to get, I think, two real hardcore ones out out of the Polk County School Board. And we have two other ones come in that are still complete and total pieces of garbage that are in there. And I was disappointed with that, quite frankly, because I really, really pushed to get one of them out of there, and so did a lot of other people around here. But the PR firm that she did was very, very good, and a lot of stuff she did to make everybody think she's all about the parents and all about the children and all about the community, when in reality, we saw exactly what she was about during COVID. She was diametrically opposed to allowing the mask mandate to drop. I mean, opposed to it. No, you can't do this. You can't allow the children to breathe fresh air. And I told everybody, and I've told everybody this before, the very concept of wearing the mask doesn't make any sense by which they tell everybody. If you are extremely sick and you have to go out public and you're coughing and hacking and you put on a mask over your face, you put a towel over your face, by all means, you're going to stop some of your droplets and spread of what you're doing. If you're sick, if you're actively sick and coughing and hacking and you know you're sick, yes, that's it. Healthy people have no business wearing a mask. It this the concept that they cannot grasp is that if somebody's not sick, why are you making them wear masks? Well, it's because we have asymptomatic spreaders. And then again, you had the stupidest ideology again because they were using those PCR tests to intentionally skew the numbers. 
How's it? Has anybody seen an asymptomatic flu spreader? I haven't because I know when I've caught the flu before, you're sick. Nobody walks around with the flu and goes, man, I feel fantastic. I don't even know I have the flu. How do you know you have the flu? Well, I took a test and it said I had the flu, but man, I feel great. I don't even feel like anything's wrong with me. You probably got a false positive then because you probably don't have the flu. Remember, COVID was so bad, so dangerous, so deadly, so horrific that people had to test to find out if they even had it. That the ideology made no sense. It was it was as stupid as it got. And that's what they had to use, though, to control the people and to making everybody think you had to wear a mask. No matter if you were perfectly healthy, super strong, energetic, you had to wear a mask everywhere you went for everybody else's protection. This is what the concept they had to push on the children and the populace by making everybody think it's of the collective good. You have to do this for the collective good. You have to get the shot for the collective good. You have to basically shut down your own business and kill your own business for the collective good. You have to stay at home and shelter in place for the collective good. That's what it was all about, remember? Because for my safety, well, I'm not worried about my safety with this. I'm perfectly fine and healthy. Well, no, you have to do this for the collective good. It's for everybody. Everybody's safety is for everybody's protection. Then it wasn't. We knew it was a complete lie when they were doing it, and we know it's a complete and total lie now. And that's why I have been so adamant on still continually bringing up what they did to everybody because it's starting to dissipate very quickly. I mean you bring a lot of stuff up to people now. They're like, oh, yeah, that was horrible. That was COVID. I don't, don't want to talk about that. I don't want to think about it. I have to say it was pretty horrible for everybody involved. But at the other hand too, we just keep ignoring it and let this go on and pretend like they didn't do what they did to everyone. They're going to do it again because it was so successful. I mean, there were places up until not too long ago, you couldn't even go in and eat. You couldn't even get into the building or sit down unless you showed them your COVID pass. What do you think that's just going to go away? You think that 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 ideology is just going to dissipate and all the digital stuff they've been working on somehow just going to just whoop? Oh, that's just it just went away. We're not going to talk about that anymore. We're not going to talk about anything. Oh, no. Once they get the free speech in place, then they can start suppressing free speech. That'll be the next phase. That's why we can't ever allow it to go that way. That's why I appreciate everybody that supports this show. I appreciate everybody that supports alternative media shows that are actually talking about the truth and talking about what's really happening. Because as these things continue to change, as they continue to move very abruptly and very aggressively, you have to understand that they aren't going to stop. <laughs> people have that concept, and that really got a lot of people, and it really frustrated me during COVID when they constantly had that goalpost. Oh, listen, we, I know we could pull the mask off in July, but listen, we've got to do two more weeks to slow the spread, two more weeks of lockdowns and four more weeks of masking. Let's evaluate it, and by the end of August, we should be good to go. End of August. Listen, we still don't have the numbers, the curve. They come in with all these graphs, these fancy graphs and curves and numbers. Oh, these are the case rates every day. These are the death rates every day. And what they do is they make themselves seem official. When in reality, the whole thing was complete and total hodgepodge of foolery. It was, it was total foolery. They were, com- they were completely and totally cooking the books. The numbers were fully manipulated. That's why they made people go and get tested all the time. You saw people sitting out in lines to get tested so they didn't have to work. You saw people being told that they couldn't work if they didn't go and get tested and get the shot. Then people would get sick and go to the hospital. People wouldn't even be that sick. And all of a sudden, they'd put them on remdesivir. Boom. Within two to three days, they started having massive fluid retention because why? Well, because the kidneys shut down. Imagine that. 
fluid builds up in the lungs. Oh, COVID's really got you in the lungs now. Put them on a ventilator. Put them on a ventilator. Boom. Dead. And I, I saw so many of my friends, family, and people I knew die that way. And the thing that was so frustrating to me about it is it didn't have to be like that. Everybody I knew that I directly helped that I tried to keep off that stuff and work on vitamin C and ivermectin and D3, every single one of them recovered perfectly fine. Not one. Not one single person that I had that worked with me or listened to me or worked with that or just listened to overall general health topics passed away. Not one. But yet everybody I knew that got locked up in the medical industrial field, pretty much 99% of them, they punched out. And the sad part about it is nobody wants to talk about it at all anymore because it's too painful. So we just want to pretend that the medical industrial complex didn't do what they did to everybody, that Anthony Fauci didn't get emergency use authorization of, 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 of um, basically the um, remdesivir. When remdesivir was the worst tested antiviral when it was tested in 2016, it had the worst cases. It had the least effectiveness and the worst side effects whatsoever. When they were tested on AIDS patients, but or excuse me on Ebola, but suddenly that's the one that we're going to pick for emergency use authorization. It literally sent pallets, bro, pallets of this stuff to hospitals. I had suppliers and contractors. I posted some of them online. Some of the stuff I couldn't release because they asked me not to. Sending me videos and photos of just pallets of certain things, dialysis medication, dialysis fluid. I mean, by the pallets. Around one guy, tell me that. He said they normally – he said he would drop off this compound. I don't remember the name of it, but it was dialysis medication for extreme dialysis patients. He said maybe, maybe a pallet once a month, maybe two a month when he drop off this major hospital. He said hit someone, but he was dropping off six and seven pallets a week to this hospital because everybody was going on dialysis because everybody's kidneys were shutting down when they were on remdesivir. But yet we're just going to pretend that didn't happen now. While at the same time, you have them working on this new event. <laughs> I talked to you about yesterday, the Sears for 2025, this new virus that's supposed to be coming on, that they're doing a full-blown test on again. No, my friends, this can't be like this. We have to continue to get the truth out there the best we can. They may be doing it. It may be happening. They may be trying to push as hard as they can, but we can't comply and we can't be silent. We will not go silent in the night, not here at Health Masters. We will continue to provide the highest quality supplements we can to keep people as healthy as we can and also providing the truth the best we possibly can. Because as I've continued to tell everybody, if it is to be, it's up to us. There's nobody coming in to save anybody right now as far as with this. It's up to the patriot Christian community to stand up for what's right, for what's firm. Because if we sit back and just give our consent through silence, like a lot of families have done, like a lot of parents have done through this social indoctrination through the school systems, and we just ignore it, what are we? Not to mention you got to answer to God Almighty for that, for allowing your children to be exposed to it. I mean that sincerely. My wife was talking to our friends the other day, was trying to basically bring them into the homeschool co-op that we have. It's a big group. And it keeps growing. It's like every semester more and more kids keep coming. So it's more and more families. Families that I know and this homeschool co-op that we have, they meet at this big giant church and they have all these different classes and all these different age groups and it's getting bigger and it's growing. Everybody keeps asking, oh, well, I'm getting involved in it. I'm like, okay. I know when we got involved in it, you know, a couple of years back now, I was like, it was tiny, super tiny. And it's getting bigger and bigger. She was talking to one of her friends the other day. She's like, you need to get your kids in it. I said, I know. I just, it's, you know, it's convenient just to drop them off at where they go to Berkeley Charter, which is down 
which isn't a bad school. But, you know, we, I had originally looked at going to Berkeley for the young kids. And I asked him, I asked one of the teachers that works there, I said, what's your policy on the transgender ideology? You know, if you start having a boy come into school and he starts wearing a dress and tells you that he wants to change his name to Sally, is that what you guys are going to formally do and address him as that and basically tell his parents that it's okay for that behavior and make all the other children in the class start calling him by his new name that is my opinion, his parents have indoctrinated him to. She's like, well, you know, we get certain funding, so we can't really go in and, you know, say that they can't do that because that's their right if they want to go along with it. And I'm like, but you guys are supposed to be like a Christian-based charter school. I'm like, wouldn't wouldn't it be better to say instead of accepting this fantasy that is probably being pushed on this child, wouldn't it be better to say, hey, can we talk to the parents and get their permission, maybe to start doing some type of Christian counseling for the kid? So obviously he's got some issues going on. We really want to work with him. We don't want to just leave him out to dry at all. We don't want to expel him. That's not okay. Obviously he needs some help. We'd be, we'd be absolutely ecstatic to help him out with a child Christian counselor that can help talk to him about why he's feeling this way. Well, we're not really technically allowed to bring that up or offer that. And I'm like, well, see, that's my problem. That's my problem. I said, if somebody's got an issue and you know they've got a problem, you don't just keep going along with it and ignore it and put your head in the sand. You address it. If you have a really good friend that say they're getting hooked on heroin, you know they're involved in it. Dude, you've got to address them. Say, listen, this is okay. You're going to stop this right now or else basically we're going to get in a fight and I'm going to drag you to rehab. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna allow you to ruin your life like this and go along with this weirdo lifestyle. If you got a kid that's getting involved in that, and he's being taught this from somewhere, and he's being exposed to it somewhere, and he's watching videos somewhere, and it's confusing him. You don't just leave him out and say, "Okay, well, we don't have to deal with this kid anymore." No, but you at least have to come in and say, "Okay, we've got to address why this is happening. This isn't okay. This isn't normal." But the sad part about it is. The school systems are becoming the breeding grounds for this perversion, and it's not okay. This was never okay. When I was in school in the 90s, everybody I knew this wasn't normal. You know, I mean, like Dad said yesterday, you got people that go through phases. Children go through phases. Teenagers go through phases. There's no big deal about it in most cases. But these aren't phases anymore, some of these kids. You have these 8-, 9-, 10-year-old kids talking about they want to see doctors to go on different hormone therapies. Where are they coming up with these ideas? Hmm? The normal 10-year-old doesn't know about certain hormone therapy drugs from doctors. They don't know about double mastectomies and stopping them from going into any type of puberty and gender relocation and gender building as far as with, with appendages. The only reason they know about this stuff is because it's being taught to them and it's being exposed to them, which no young child has any need to be exposed to this stuff, my friends. So please continue to stand up for these young children. Please continue to speak your mind about anything that comes to your mind that you're convicted about. Please. Also, to another news, this is a kind of a softer note, which is interesting why I always tell people to make sure you are well-trained. A Nevada woman was had a attempted carjacker, arm carjacking, and uh, the incident reported was last month, and they said the woman and a friend pulled up outside a residence where a party was scheduled to occur. The women and her friend were early, so they sat in the car and waited for the party to start. While they waited, two men with guns approached the vehicle, and one of the men grabbed her shirt and pulled her out of the car. The man then got in her car and put his gun down in his lap. The woman grabbed the gun, took off running. Police report indicated the suspect chased the woman and tackled her, at which point she shot the man right in the face and killed him on the spot. That's a horrible incident as far as that she had to be involved in. But it's a horrible, horrible person that walks around with a pistol card 
carjacking people, trying to steal their their cars from them. And what's interesting about this is now, um, you see this happen, and I get to give her kudos to this girl. I mean, that was pretty brazen. He puts a gun down his lap, she grabs a pistol and starts running. I mean, that was, that was really instinctual. I like that. Then again, this is where a lot of the country is starting to head. And this is where there's a lot of things starting to occur that people need to be prepared for. And that's why I encourage you, make sure you take some type of formal training. And I don't mean just gun safety. Obviously, that's a given. But I also mean hand-to-hand, whether it's jujitsu, whether it's takedowns, whether it's just basic defensive measures. Understand how to operate with yourself and what you can do and things you can do to make sure you're able to provide protection for you, your family, and your children at all times. Because as you see these things start to become more and more aggressive and more and more prevalent, it is going to be the goal to bring in complete and total anarchy and just dissolution of all laws where just everything's chaotic everywhere. That's going to be the overall goal at the end of the time because they're going to want to do this so people are more compliant because people will finally beg. People will beg to give up their own firearms. People will beg to give up their own rights just so they will be promised a little bit of protection. You don't think that's true? Look at what happened during COVID. We literally had people begging, begging for lockdowns. (laughs) begging for experimental RNA shots because they were begging for the government to protect them because the government had lied to them so much and they were so fully brainwashed and being terrified about every single thing that flew in the wind. That's not okay, my friends. That's not of God, first off. Jesus didn't come to give us a spirit of fear. This is why it is so important to do your own research, to talk about certain things, to question everything, and continue to have an open dialogue with people. Continue to do your own research. This is why I appreciate the continued support of health masters and people that are constantly sending us emails and encouraging us, people that are even just buying their toothpaste or ultimate multiple from us. We really appreciate that, and we really need it because you know the show is operated 100% by Health Masters. I have no, we have no sponsors intentionally. We have no commercials intentionally. I get emails every single week from people that are trying to put ads on our show, or people that are trying to put articles on our website, or people that are trying to put pop-ups on our website. I won't do it. I refuse to do it, and so will Dad. If there comes a point in time where we're not able to operate any more of this show and the website and everything we're doing, because we don't have enough customers. I cease to exist, but that's not going to happen. We've been in business over 40 years because we produce the highest quality supplements, and we're doing the best we possibly can. And I appreciate the continued support of Health Masters. And again, if you guys need anything, be sure to check out all the different specials we have on right now, including the Purple Sticks of the 12-pack special, which is a full case slot is what it is. It's 12 boxes. Also, the two-pack special on the food buckets, the buy one, get one on the joint relief formula. Really, really good product that helps out with osteoarthritis, helps out with inflammation in the joints, really reduce inflammation. It couples really well with the joint rebuilding formula. And so continue to just speak the truth, my friends. Continue to stand out when you're somewhere. And I mean that sincerely as far as don't, – I don't mean being weird standing out. I mean when you're out somewhere and you have a conversation with somebody – Be strong about your convictions, and you're going to get arguments with people. You are. But it's what happens is when you do that, other people around you are encouraged if they know the truth too, but they're nervous to talk about it. They're encouraged. They go, man, he's talking about it. Hey, hey, did you hear what he said over there? I heard this conversation. He's in this this debate with this moron over here with purple hair. 
why, what's going on over here? But I hear him talking about some stuff, though. He's talking about the Federal Reserve. He's talking about BlackRock. He's talking about free speech. He's talking about Christ. What's he talking about? It encourages other people. It's the same thing I remember when I talked to one of the guys at a car dealership back in the end of, I think it was 2020, beginning of 2021. And I went in their tour. It was in Orlando. And I went in there, and they, as soon as I walked in, the lady at the front desk goes, oh, sir, do you need a mask? I've had a box of masks. I said, no, I don't wear a mask. Thank you, though. You have a fantastic day. She goes, well, sir, you need to put on a mask. I said, no, I actually don't. I'm here to see somebody. I'm looking at a car. I'm not going to wear a mask. But thank you. Have a blessed day. And I just walked away. And then he ended up coming down, and he wasn't wearing a mask. And I looked at him. I said, what's up with this lady at the front desk? He goes, oh, well, she's kind of one of those convidians. And I said, well, you're like one of the only sales guys here that's not wearing a mask. He goes, yeah, I know. He goes, when I finally started walking around a store a couple months ago and I started seeing people in like Greenwise and other places shopping and there'd be like one or two guys in there and they weren't wearing masks. And he goes, I looked at him and thought, I don't want to wear a mask at all. I never want to wear a mask from the beginning. Why am I wearing a mask? If they're not going to wear a mask, I know I can stand up for my right and I can be a beacon of hope for other people to not wear a mask because 90% of the people don't want to wear these stupid face diapers. And I said, bingo, my friend, you got the ideology now. So thank you, my friends, for being those people, for standing up, for continuing to hold your convictions in every single thing you believe. It is absolutely crucial as Christian patriots. We continue to maintain our faith and our convictions on every single topic that you know. And one of the ways is also by staying healthy, by staying strong and staying active. Thank you for supporting Health Masters. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Enjoy your evening, and I'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. Oh,